Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, he said he inhabits the praises of his people. And, you know, just as we're just being led in the presence of the Lord, you know, you can just sense the, the presence of the Lord just increasing and rising. He said he inhabits our praises. So when we begin to praise, he kind of just kind of moves in on us. Praise the Lord. I tell you, it's just good to be in the presence of the Lord. I mean, we know we're, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that? But, but then he also can come upon us. Amen. And, uh, you know, I don't know how well you know this verse, but one of my favorite verses is Psalm 67, verse 5. It says, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield its increase. And God, and it says, all the, the people of the earth shall fear him. He said, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield its increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. So here's what I, I find me amazed at God, is how simple his ways are sometimes. You know, we, we try to complicate things sometimes. And here's, here's what God's recipe is for you having earth yield its increase. How many of you could use some increase? I mean, whether it's in your body, in your finances, just you're, you're, you're blessed in your home. He said, God said. He didn't say you have to crawl on glass. He didn't say you have to get up in an airplane to pray to higher in heaven. He didn't, he didn't say anything crazy to do. He just said, if you'll praise me. All you gotta, he said, all you got to do is lift your voice from your heart and begin to magnify me. He said, I'll cause things to turn to you and I'll cause blessing and increase to come to you just by praising and worshiping me. Can we just do that one more time? Have no sorrow. No sorrow. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. No sorrow. Yes. Just, I mean, 
mean, just walking in the peace of God. How many of you like peace? Yes. I, I, I love the peace of God. But there's just benefits of, of uh, serving Him. But, you know, you have to stay hungry. Yes. You have to stay hungry. Uh, you know, I, I, I know some different ministers. Uh, you know, I know different ones of you have attended Brother Jim Hockaday's uh, Healing by Design meetings. And Brother Jim was telling me one time uh, he was out having a hamburger with Rodney Howard Brown. I don't know if you all know who that is. Uh, it's a church called the River Church. They've been in revival for, what, about three years now? Yeah. Ever since COVID started, uh, they started having meetings called The Stand. And, you know, they're all over the place on the Internet. And their, their following went from about 4,000 followers to 4 million followers. And all those people are tithing and giving offerings. Their ministry is doing pretty good right now. There's a church... There, there's a, uh, their church, they, the sheriff had come in and, and uh, arrested Brother Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, later on, that same sheriff came back and apologized for overstepping his constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. and, but the thing is, what the enemy meant for wrong or harm yeah. to their ministry, yeah. God turned it around. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Brother Jim was, uh, Brother Rodney was at Rama Bible College there in Tulsa one time. And, uh, I think it was somewhere in the mid-90s. And uh, it was going a little tough there. And uh, it's because people uh, didn't think you could have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost every night. <laughs> a little side joke here. We, we traveled with the Hagans, and the Seagulls were very intimate traveling with the Hagans. And uh, it seemed like Brother Hagan had an outpouring every Thursday night <laughs> for some reason. And, and his, where he would take notes of, of all the services, it seemed like... On Thursday night, he always wrote, the Holy Ghost fell, or the Holy Ghost was poured out. And it was just interesting. So when, when Brother Rodney came to Raymond, the Holy Ghost was one to emphasize joy and, and uh, being filled. And at that particular time, the, there was a deficit in the body of Christ. And, and we needed to get filled up again. Did you know that today we celebrate the day of Pentecost? Yeah. And we had three people get filled with the Holy Ghost. How cool is that? I know a lot of churches, probably a lot of churches in Denver, didn't have three people filled with the Holy Ghost. But uh, Faith Church, yes. we had three people filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. How cool is that? But Brother Jim, during that meeting, the Holy Ghost fell, and every night Brother Hagin had to say, hey, this is God. And uh, they were a little reluctant to have an infilling every night. But sometimes we need it every night for a while. You know? But they went out for lunch, and, um, you know, us ministers, now listen, we would have had a service tonight whether you came or not. Yeah, that's good. Because yeah. if it wouldn't have been in this room, we would have been at their house, and the Holy Ghost would have probably fell. Right, right. That's right. Uh, we, we get together and we talk about the things of God. We, we get in there and talk about, now, what happened there? And what, what was going on when that happened? And what triggered that? And, you know, were you in this particular office? You know, we, we talk ministry things and we sharpen each other, you know. We love it. That's why we love being with them. But uh, Jim asked Brother Rodney, he goes, when did all of this start in your ministry, this outpouring of the Holy Ghost? I mean, back in the 90s, I mean, it was it was explosive. I mean, he had a meeting in Madison Square Garden. Right. I mean, right. he was going around the globe, and the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Brother Hagen was also a huge, you know, this ministry was involved yeah. with all that. Mm -hmm. He was a, maybe a year or two late. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, that's a story. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, as Brother Rodney led the bigness of it, Brother Hagen uh, pretty much led the depth of that. That's a good one. That's good. And, uh, but what I was going to say is, Jim said, when did, us ministers, we like to know what triggers things. Right. What about the Toronto revival? What about the Brownsville revival? What about the Street? Yeah. Yeah. What was going on? What were they preaching? Right. What about Asbury? Right. Yeah. You know, I'll just, can I tell you something? A little secret on the Asbury thing? You've already gone way past it. <laughs> Listen, you, did, you, did, you don't have to travel there to experience an infilling in the flow of the Holy Ghost. You know, some people, the Holy Spirit just barely blows on them. And, and they just get ankle deep in the river of God. And it's an explosion for them. But some of you, if you've been a part of this ministry... Then you've already have tasted and seen the Lord is good. You've already experienced the hand of the Lord and the anointings and the infillings and the flow. Am I talking to the right group of people? You've already seen and known some things. So it's possible if you went to Asbury, you, you'd go, I don't get it. I'm not saying it wouldn't be special. I wouldn't say there's nothing going on there. I'm not implying that at all. But the thing is, in some places, they're just kind of. Just getting the first taste. Yes. You know? yes. Yes. But you guys, see, your your pastors, they are high octane ministers. I'm just telling you. That's the word that keeps coming out of my spirit. High, these guys are high octane. And and it doesn't get much deeper than what these guys carry on them. You all are like extraordinary blessed to be here. I'm just telling you, we travel around the world. We're in back rooms with the who's who of any TBN preacher you've ever seen. I'm telling you, this couldn't, you couldn't be a part of something even better. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm just telling you, it's the truth. I'm not just trying to build you up. I'm just telling you, you are part of something amazing. So I'm trying to tell you the story about the gym, talking to Brother Rodney. He goes, Brother Rodney, he goes, when did all this outpouring be? He said, well, Jim, he goes, um, I got hungry. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I mean, Brother Rodney was literally reading messages out of Brother Hagin's books. That's what he preached. And that's what he told Jim. He goes, Jim, listen. This is what I was doing. I was reading Brother Hagin's books. So, so what took you from just reading sermon, sermons from Brother Hagin to all of a sudden you're practically leading one of the largest moves of the Spirit with an outpouring that the church at that point hadn't even seen in a long time. And you're, you're telling me it's because you got hungry? Well, he said, well, it's a little bit more than that. He said, I got really hungry. And then he goes, I got really, really hungry. And then I got really, really, really hungry. And then that wasn't enough. He said, I got really, 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 it's like, I was really, 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 really hungry. And then somewhere between being really, 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 really hungry and being really, 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 really hungry, all of a sudden, everything changed, and this is what happened. He goes, take my hand. And he took Jim's hand, he goes, now take your wife's hand, Aaron's hand. They're eating a burger, mustard on the face, and Aaron almost falls out on the floor, drunk in the Holy Ghost. He goes, that happened. When I got hungry. Come on. Come on. Yes. Come on. Yes. That, that, that whole move happened yeah. because a, a minister 
said, I'm not satisfied. Right. That's good. That's so good. And I am hungry. Yes. Sometimes you ain't got to get hangry. <laughs> Maybe what I mean by that is you got to get mad enough at the way things are and what you've seen the enemy keep you from. You got to get some tenacity inside of you. It's like, wait, Jesus promised something. And that was life and life more abundantly. And I tell you what, don't stop. No. Don't quit. Keep on going yeah, yeah, yeah. and pursue the kind of life God wants us to have. Amen. Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and life more yes. abundant. Yes. Yes. You know, there, I was thinking uh, earlier about um, Les, uh, um, Lester Summerall and uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Some of you may know of the minister Smith Wigglesworth. I think he had somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 people raised from the dead. In his ministry, that's about 20 more than people that I've had. I don't know how have you done on that. It's about 20. 20 less. 20 less. Anyway. So, you know, anybody who's walked with God on the level of a union with God and a prayer and intimacy with God, where you see people, uh, it's not uncommon to see people raised from the dead in your ministry. Um, he, in England, had invited some Bible school, st school students to his house mm -hmm. to privately mentor them. Right. And he gave this Im invitation, and one person showed up, yes. Lester Summerall. Yeah. Right. Huh. Right. The invitation was to all the students, yeah. to his house, yes. to be mentored yes. by him. Right. And the only one showed up was Lester. Yeah. And on the last day of all the pouring into him, he said, Brother Lester, come over. Come over here and kneel down before me. And Brother Lester just knelt down. And Smith Wigglesworth began to pray over him. And then right then he goes, I pray that a devil anointing that's on me come on you. And, and, and Brother Lester, he, he testified in his book that while he was praying, he could feel the teardrops from Brother Smith Wigglesworth hitting him on the top of the head. So he said he got up on the seat after he got done praying. That was the end. And he walked out the door. And before he could get out of the picket fence, he said, someone went, He goes, that double anointing just came on him before he could step out of the yard. And you know what? That all happened because there was a man that said, I want more. I want more of God. I, I want to experience him and walk with him like our master and our Lord said he did. And like Danny said this morning, I only say what I hear my yeah. father say. I only do what I see my father do. Now, I don't encourage you to get so, you know, out there and so, like, you're walking through life and, you know, people are wondering about you, you know. You can be very normal. Matter of yes. fact, I'll, I'll tell you what. Some of the most extraordinary, now this is the truth, most extraordinary, most amazing anointing men of God that Annie and I have been privileged to be around they're unusually normal. <laughs> Amazingly normal. And so that's what encouraged me. Uh, I told we were, the Seagulls and us, we were exchanging some stories of how we had gone over to the, the Hagen's house. And uh, I lost count how many times I, we had gone over there. And one of the things that blessed me so much, and we'll get into the word here, but one of the things that blessed me so much was, wow, you're so normal. Yes. 
you don't have to be weird to be as anointed as you are. That the supernatural should become natural. That you're just walking in authority. You're just walking in power. You're walking in a, in a greater awareness of His presence in your life. And you're seeing the free-flowing grace of the Lord. You're not, you know, uh, a scripture that's just become bigger and bigger inside of me is Philippians verse 6. That your faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in you in Christ. Amen. Uh, and, that, and that brings me, I was talking to, was it Jason? Is that, is that your name, Brother Jason? I, I want to tell you um, something, the Lord. I, I was coming back from a massage at Hammond Stone. You ever get a massage? I highly recommend it. <laughs> but I got out of my car, and the Lord spoke this word to me. And I was thinking about this, Brother Jason, when you were talking to me there. But I, this is good for everyone. So uh, I got in my car, and the Lord, as I was driving home, the Lord just spoke this to me. He goes, most of the time, people come into my presence with shame and regret for some sin that's in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, the church has got to get so far beyond this. Yes. He said, most of the time, people come into my presence with, the sh with shame and with regret for some sin that's in their life. He said, what grieves me and disappoints me more than sin, it's not that... We don't grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't walk in the light. We do. But here's what he said. He goes, what grieves me and disappoints me more than sin. And I wrote this down. Just, just to inject this. Sin is a work of the flesh and not of the heart. Don't let the devil beat you up with some fleshly sin. That's really not in your heart. You know that's not... You're the real you. You know that's not who you are. You know that's not your real desire. You're, you're flesh sometimes because you're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit or in light of God's Word. Your flesh dominates you sometimes. And so those works of the flesh are, are things of the flesh. They're not you. They're not the real you. He says, what grieves me and disappoints me more than sin is a lack of awareness of who they are in me. And who I am in them. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, well, this is going to be a fun night. Come on. You guys are going to be so glad you're here. I'm just telling you, you're going to be so glad you're here. Revelation is really going to hit this place in, in your heart. Now, I was thinking, uh, Dr. Dufresne, you know, we, uh, they had ministered with Dr. Dufresne, and, you know, some of you may have heard testimonies about Dr. Nancy. But I remember when uh, Dr. Frame went to heaven, he said um, what stood out to him more than anything. When he had a vision. Yeah, he had a vision of going to heaven. Thank you. <laughs> we ministered together. <laughs> so when he went to heaven, he had this open vision. He went to heaven. He said what stuck out to him, what amazed him was everyone, how secure and how confident everyone was in their relationship with him. Wow. That it showed up so badly his own insecurity. Wow. Dr. Dufresne said, I felt so insecure and I noticed how secure everyone else was. Um, you know, when Brother Hagen went to heaven, he, he had several open visions. That's where your eyes are open, but you're seeing in the spirit realm. And the first one is so, if you never heard Brother Hagen tell this, I mean, you feel like you're there, you know. Because it's his testimony. And we're going to be talking about testimonies tonight. Right. We're going to talk about the anointing of a testimony. Mm -hmm. 
And we're going to learn tonight how to activate the anointing of your testimony. And uh, but Brother Hagin used to talk about that that first vision he had. He, he, he saw Jesus face to face. And he describes his eyes that they were like living pools of love. And he was overwhelmed by seeing Jesus for the first time. It's like he melted at the feet of Jesus. And Brother Hagin put his feet, his hands on Jesus' feet and put his face on his hands. And he said this. He said, Lord, I'm so unworthy to look upon your face. Now that sounds like a, a beautiful, humility, humble thing. You would think that that would be the thing that the Lord maybe would be pleased with. But Brother Hagin described that when he said that, Jesus boldly, firmly said, Stand upright on your feet, for I have made you worthy by my blood. My blood has purchased your redemption. It was unacceptable to feel unworthy and to express how unworthy you are to stand in his, in his presence when he has invited us. He has raised us up and now we have taken our place in him, seated in every place. I want you to know tonight we're going to cooperate with the anointing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the anointing is an interesting word because it's not something we use every day. But uh, to just simply the word anoint means to paint, to rub, or to smear. You see this, I don't know, what kind of color blue is that? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I mean, it's not seafoam. It's, it's a light blue of some kind. But these walls have been anointed by this light blue because they've been painted on. To anoint something means to paint, to rub on, to smear. Annie and I are liking more and more the word smear. I believe <laughs> we're in the right place with some smear. of the anointing is to remove burdens yes. and destroy others. You know what? I tell you, there's really, I don't know if there is anybody on planet Earth that doesn't have some type of yoke. Except for the seagulls. I don't know. They may be different. You know, we only see the best of them. You know, we only see what, but you know what? Set people. Most Everyone right. has something it's weird to be in the closet. Now, I know this, I don't know, I know this isn't the ideal preacher you were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a meticulous, articulate, you know, uh, a student of the word, you know, a, theo a theo theologian practically. I I'm over here. There's stuff in your closet. <laughs> this has got to be slightly embarrassing for them. But, I'm just trying to paint some reality here. We all have things we need help. What's difficult for you may be a breeze for me, but what you make look so easy, it might be a struggle for me. You know, 
know, you might have anger issues. I don't, most of the time. <laughs> there are some things that can kind of set me off. But, but you know, I've learned to put the flesh under. I, I learned to start praying other times. This is what spirit-filled believers do that walk in authority. You know, we, we don't we don't take all of that. We, we know how to. Yes. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know. But the, the anointing, the description of anointing is to remove burdens and destroy yokes. And we we need to be more aware. The, the word says in first John chapter two, verse twenty, you all have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Well, how could you possibly say you know all things? Because the revealer and the one who knows all things is one with you. Yes. And he lives in you. Yes. And especially if you have the Holy Ghost. Yes. He has moved, he has, yes. he has unzipped your earth suit and he stepped on the inside of you and he zipped you back up and goes, now you're my hands, you're my voice, yes. everywhere you are, I walk, because we're in we're in union. I'm one with you, you're one with me. I just want them to know and be aware of how much they should know how I'm in them and they are in me. Yes. yes. So to be carriers of such yes. power and anointing, and I probably everyone in this room is filled with the Holy Ghost. If you are, with the evidence speaking with other tongues, raise your hand. Just, I'm just looking at uh, Everybody. Dunamis, dynamite, mighty force, explosive, miracle-working power is in you. If you have the Holy Ghost, how far away is your miracle? It's right here. It's in me. It's in me. So then we need to learn how to activate. The Lord wants to help the body of Christ cooperate and activate what we have. Yes. It's not good enough to walk around and all your testimony is, is you're not like the rest of the world where you're going to go to hell. You get to go to heaven when you die. Right. Right. He wants to be involved. He said, if you yes. consider me in all of your ways, yes. I'm learning to do that more and more. Amen. And he talked about me like in golf. I've been out golfing. Think I'm struggling. Things aren't going well. Oh, yeah. It hurts. It's not fun. Come on. It's bad. I'm not going to talk about it. It's bad. It's really bad. And I, I, I back up with my club in the back. Holy Ghost. Don't mess with that. You love me. <laughs> Holy Ghost, you know this matters to me. You know golfing more than I do. So I'm just going to hang out over here. I'm just going to... Holy Spirit, you said that you would help. You are my helper. That's what you came to the earth to do. To reveal, to show, to lead me, to guide me, to direct me, to clear unto me, to show me. And you said you'd show me things to come and you would be my helper. And you'd be my intercessor. You, you said you'd be all these things. So you know what? You know golf better than me. <laughs> So I'm asking you to help me right now. And you know he does. That's right. Sure. All of a sudden I'm going, you know what, I'm going to try this. And it's like, oh wow, that worked. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So, are you ready? Yes. Yes.
Start if you would to Revelation chapter 12. I believe you're stirred. I believe you're stirred. You know, we're not supposed to be like James Bond where you're shaken and not stirred. We're supposed to be stirred and not shaken. Everyone say, I'm stirred. I'm stirred. I'm stirred. I'm not shaken. I'm not shaken. I have no fear. I have no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. I'm stirred. I'm stirred. There's no fear in me. No fear. I'm not shaken. I am not shaken. Revelation chapter 12. We have uh, something, uh, an event that takes place. You know, when anyone talks about things that happen in the Bible, we like to call them events and not stories. Yes. Because stories are something that can be made up stories. Right. But what we're talking about is actual events. Right. Yes. These are things that happen in our world. Yes. Yes. And they're on God's timetable, and really they're the testimony of God. Yes. It's yes. God's testimony. Right. But there was a war that broke out here in verse 7. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his angels. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, who deceives the whole earth. He was cast out to the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. It never goes well for the devil when he tries to rise up, or his people try to rise up against God. Yeah, no. It's never going to go well. But uh, looking at verse 11... So, well, John, John is seeing in the spirit realm. Look, yeah. we'll do it in verse 10. John has got a vision, and he sees you and I in the church for where we are now. It says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Mm-hmm. And how does the devil get defeated? Verse 11 tells us. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Everyone say this. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Now we could spend a week talking about the importance of the finished work of the cross and what the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and I accomplished. Okay. But that's part of the mm-hmm. equation here for absolute victory. Sure. Yes, sure. He said you will overcome by two things. Yeah. The blood of the Lamb and something. The word of your testimony. If you're part of this church, Faith Church, Colorado, you have learned some things about believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. Mm-hmm. And he yes. talked about those things. It's the language of the spirit person that you are. Mm-hmm. You are a spirit. Yes. And you live in your body. You have a soul, a mind, will, and emotion. Uh-huh. So we are three parts, spirit, soul, and body. But the real you, the one that should always be in charge, is your spirit. Right. Right. Yes, sir. Your spirit man dominates the other two, your mind and, and your flesh, your body. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And... Uh, We're talking tonight to you about testimonies and how to activate the anointing of your testimony. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Just to let you know right away is there's a reason why there was a revival of the teaching revival with the message of faith. Mm -hmm. 
nearly, well, it started back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And we spent a long time there right. learning principles of faith. Right. Right. Bottom line, we see it, the, uh, the, the, the main text was, you know, there, Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. Right. Which Annie touched on today, about believing your heart, saying with your mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus told Brother Hagin, you're going to have to do three times more about saying than about believing. So Annie was admonishing us today that we have done a little extra on the speaking side mm -hmm. and got a little detached from making sure that our believer was turned on. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah. right. Yeah. just being a parrot. Yeah. You can be a parrot go, oh, I'm getting out of this cage. <laughs> so that parrot's staying in that cage. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And we don't want you to stay in the cage. No. But when you're you're not an animal, like Annie was said, but you're a spirit man, then you have dominion, you have power and authority, because Jesus, when he ascended, he gave all power and all authority unto men on this earth. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound on earth, and heaven. whatever you loose on earth, decree or loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So he gave us the keys of the kingdom, and he gave us authority on this earth through the power of using the name of Jesus, yes. which involves the blood. Yes. That was shed for us. Yes. It wasn't by the blood of goats or calves, but it was by right. his own blood that he went in once into the holies of holies, mm -hmm. obtaining a, an eternal redemption for us. Amen. And so by the blood of Jesus, not by the blood of an animal, no. we the, the, the redemptive plan was purchased for you and us. Mm -hmm. And in that plan, we've been given authority to walk on this earth. Yes. And that authority involves two things, believing and speaking. There's a reason why we, for years, have heard so much about the importance of believing and speaking. Sure. So with that in mind, let's, let's keep on going on here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Have you found it? Yes. Hallelujah. So excited. <laughs> verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brother, when I come to you, I did not come to you with excellence of speech, or of wisdom declaring you the testimony of God. Everyone say the testimony of God. The testimony of God. I want you to know tonight, God has a testimony. Amen. And, and what we're going to dive into and we're going to see a little bit more about is that uh, God's testimony is your testimony and your testimony is God's testimony. Amen. And, you, and this is going to be an amazing journey into opening up. Have you ever, when you were in elementary school, anybody can think that far back to elementary school? Did you ever have a coloring book that had dots and numbers? Yes. 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 And you, you took a crown and you connected the dots and you went one to the first dot, then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And you go, and then you got out the other crown and you realized it was a bunny rabbit. Yeah. Did you all paint the bunny rabbit? You know, you got, got off the different color crayon. Now, because just connecting the dots, it formed an image that now you know what that image is. Right. You know yeah. color yeah. Yeah. God is connecting some dots for you tonight. This means so much to us, what we're giving you tonight. It is a game changer. Because it's going to make more sense than you ever had in your life of why we've been believing and saying things on purpose. So here in 1 Corinthians, we're going to keep on reading verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
I was with you in weakness and with fear and in much trembling, and my speech. Now watch this. And my speech, everyone say my speech. And my, my preaching. My preaching. my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but my speech and my preaching were with demonstration of the Spirit and of power, mm -hmm. so that your faith would not stand or be in the wisdom of men, but your faith would be in the power of God. Back to verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words. Like, follow the science. You got to use wisdom, you know. I'm still looking for the verse that says follow the science. Now, the theologian is right here. Have you found it? Follow the science. Have you found that verse? Mm -hmm. Neither have I. Mm -hmm. Follow the science. You got to use wisdom, you know. I tell you what, the church got duped. And very few people took a stand, but let me say this. On the other hand, there were a lot of pastors, they didn't want to shut down their churches because the governments were screaming, you should shut down, you should shut down. We don't even want you parking the parking lot with your windows halfway down. I'm serious. That was a reality for a lot of ministries, a lot of churches in California. And uh, the devil was coming against the corporate anointing and the authority of the church. If you want to know what America looks like without the Holy Spirit, Back there when Seattle and uh, what's the other, Minneapolis and these yes. cities that were under fire, mm -hmm. that's what the earth looks like without the person of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Because the authority, the church wasn't operating in its full potential, so the Holy Spirit wasn't able to really do all that it needs to do in governments and in the church. It's amazing that the world didn't even look to the church when COVID came. Right. Yeah. Because they couldn't see enough victory. They couldn't see enough power and demonstration and manifestation and miracles. So why would they come to the church and believe we had the answer? Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, right. So uh, a lot of pastors had to close the doors because more than half of their church would leave because they thought the pastor wasn't using wisdom. That's right. Mm -hmm. But can I just ask you? I'm just a little bit off of my subject, but I'm going to have fun with it for just a moment. But... We still see people in churches across America, in word of faith churches, wearing a mask. Which tells me you've got more faith in a piece of paper on your face than you do in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the atonement, the covenant, and that you are redeemed. You actually, somewhere along the line, forgot that the name and the blood and the power of Jesus' resurrection power that's inside of you when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Somehow, all of a sudden now, COVID has caused the weakness of who you are in Him be revealed. It, it, was the, it was the hardest thing to watch as ministers. And at the same time, Annie and I literally had a ball during COVID. <laughs> 
because we were just up in people's business about it. You, know? <laughs> you want people to get up in your business like, you ain't right. And I'm going to show you right here, you, that ain't right. And so, but a lot of our churches would have gone through major splits if they thought the pastor wasn't using wisdom, man's wisdom. So there was just some things that got really botched. Some pastors had to use godly wisdom to shut their doors for a few weeks and, and then just go live stream where they can minister to their congregation. So there was a lot of things that had to be navigated through. Unfortunately, the church as a whole showed that they had more faith in the wisdom of man than what governments were saying. Mm -hmm. This is my point. Mm -hmm. Than having faith in the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be better at it next time. Mm -hmm. I believe. I, I believe the church, yeah. there's been a lot of powwow about what else yeah. went on. And then they see people like Brother Rodney Howard Brown, who's in his like. 1,090 service of revival since it broke out. But you see, God has a testimony. You see here that your faith is not in persuasive words of man wisdom, but there were power demonstrated by the preaching and by the speaking. So you could say this by this verse, that your speech your testimony when shared, your speaking and your preaching is a demonstration of power mm -hmm. and causes manifestation and demonstration of power. I want to say it again. Your speaking and your preaching is a demonstration and causes demonstration and causes manifestation. Now look over to Titus. Titus, the first chapter. There's something that I wrote down there. I haven't done this in quite some time. There was something I wanted to make sure that I say a certain way to you. Here we go. Are you excited? Yes. yes. I want to share this with you the way I wrote this down. Your testimony brings power and strength to overcome. Your testimony brings power and anointing to manifest. So your testimony brings power and strength to overcome. Your testimony causes God's power and anointing to manifest. Mm -hmm. Okay. Look what it says here in Titus. Getting a little warm in here. Is that the anointing or just the lack of the air Titus, chapter 1, verse 2. And hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Now look at verse 3. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching. What is going to manifest his word? His word will be manifested through preaching. Start with verse 2 again. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie, cannot lie, praise God. Yes. That's one thing you cannot do, cannot lie. Yes. Promise before time began, but has in due time manifested his word. How did he manifest his word? He manifests his word through preaching. 
So Revelation says that we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So what's coming out of our mouth? Because we declare it on the basis of the blood of Jesus. Yes. The finished work of, of, of the cross. Right. Based upon that place. Our testimony about what we believe and what we receive from him. Is what causes us to overcome. Here it says that God manifests his word through preaching. Now here's an interesting thing. Isn't it interesting that we see there that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we see where God said in his word, Paul said, you know the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ. And I, when I came to you, I did not come to you with excerpts of speech or other wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. I don't know anything, Paul said, anything more important than Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm -hmm. and this is God's testimony. Okay. Every event in your life that ever happens that God does for you, you didn't offer it. You might have made a decision to cooperate right. with the truth of the Word of God, receive what God said about your situation, said, I'm going to move forward in what God said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to walk in the authority of what's been given to me, mm -hmm. and I'm going to claim the benefits of what God said belongs to me. Mm -hmm. But every time, any time, you act upon the Word and God does something for you, or whether you did or you didn't ask for it, but you can testify tonight, God did that. He saved me. He filled me. He healed me. Financially, I didn't know where that need was going to be supplied, but he did that. Now, you can clearly say that's your testimony. God did that for you. But as we go forward for, for a, a moment here, I just want you to see something. Begin to be aware of it. That event in your life, God did that. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. Everything that God said in his word, that, that's God's testimony and it belongs to you. Yeah. God's testimony, that's why when we preach, isn't it amazing, Franklin Graham can get on Fox News. How quickly can he do the gospel message now? Is it 40 seconds? Is it 60 yeah. seconds? Yeah. He, can, he can preach the gospel message. Jesus Christ <laughs> gave his life for the whole sins of the world. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But if you'll confess with your, your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Do you know that he'll do that on national television in 60 seconds? And people around the globe will get saved. Now here's something I want you to realize. The testimony of God's word has residual, never-ending, yoke-destroying, power of God ingredients on it. Because we're talking about something over 2,000 years ago. Preach today and people 100% get set free. Yeah. 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 
I have a minister friend. He's an interpreter dancer. Don't want to explain this, but <laughs> hundreds, thousands of people will, will give their heart to Jesus when he does one of these dances to a song. It's phenomenal. Amazing. And uh, he got saved while he was in his living room, strung in on drugs, had his legs folded, watching Amy Grant on TVN singing El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. The power of God hit him in his living room. Every thought, desire, craving of drugs left him. He gave his heart to Jesus, and from that moment of hearing Amy Grant sing El Shaddai, his life completely saved. God called him to ministry. He never had issues with drugs that ever again for the rest of his life. The power, the anointing came through that television and hit him and changed his whole entire world. Hearing the gospel through a song. Franklin Graham gets on for 60 seconds, gives the most basic, most simple message about Jesus Christ and him crucified. He gave his life for all the sins of the world. And people around the world get saved. Because the power of the gospel, God's testimony, never dies. Amen. 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 And your testimony, now here's where we're trying to help you connect some dots. And we're going to give you some testimonies that's going to seal the deal. <laughs> Again, I want to say, everything that God has ever done for you, God did it. If the Bible was still being written, mm -hmm. it's possible your testimony would be in there. Yeah. Sure. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. And because it's another report of what he did. The Bible says there were so many miracles, so many healings. There weren't enough books that could contain yeah. all the miracles. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They couldn't. They didn't have enough room to get all the miracles in. But, but they were acts of God. They were part of God's yes. testimony. Yes. yes. Just like everything he's ever done for anybody in this room. Yes, yes, yes. It's your testimony, but it's God's testimony. They're interwoven. Yes. Uh, when I was uh, about seven, eight, nine years old, I had the worst case of allergies and asthma a person could have. I, uh, I was on special medication. I had the inhaler. I had asthma, I had allergies. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had Vicks Vaporub on your chest as you're trying to sleep at night, but that's not fun. Um, had the inhaler. I, if I got around an animal, a furry cat or a dog, my eyes would literally swell shut. They would swell up like, like golf ball size. Uh, I was miserable. There were times at night, and I'm not exaggerating at all, I'm telling you the absolute truth, I breathed all night long. Here's Here's just two breaths. I heard my parents laughing, having some fun with some friends in the other room. We were on vacation in North Carolina. I can still hear it right now. I'm about dead. I'm actually thinking as a little boy, I wish I was dead. So one day I'm in one of the back bedrooms in Florida. My mom had been ministering up at the church. She was like a female Lester Summerall with a skirt on. You can possibly imagine what that thing looks like. <laughs> and uh, my mom commonly 
not trying to be funny. That's right. But if you're on a fast, there ought to be more attention to denying your bodies yeah. and hearing from heaven. Yeah. But my mom, which has been 30 days, nothing but water and lemon. But I'll tell you what, she would come out of the presence of God after 30 days of fasting. Me and my two brothers, we knew we'd better be walking straight and obeying and not be messing around because she would know it. I grew up in a Pentecostal home where I woke up every morning of my life seeing my parents across the hallway at the foot of the bed. They would wake up, make the bed, and then they'd get to the end of the bed. And they would kneel at the foot of their bed. I can see it now. They're crying, got tears coming down their face, worshiping, magnifying Praying of tongues, worship. This is what I saw every single morning. My parents. Yeah. Touching heaven. Yeah. So there were nights where um, my grandma Smith, she lived in a, a nicer house on the lake. And so Grammy Smith, uh, my grandparents, uh, were a church of God. Uh, yeah, she was my great grandmother. And so if I wasn't staying at my house, I would go and babysit Grandma Smith, who was like in her 90s, <laughs> upper 80s, then closer to 90s. So I would go, and she had a bedroom, a, a, a single bed in her bedroom, and she was kind of well off, so it was a really nice place. So she would wash my feet as a little boy, put my feet in the sink in the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. wash my feet, give me these long back rubs, and then when it came time to go to bed, she'd put me in that one single bed, and she'd kiss me goodnight. And then she'd go and kneel down to her double bed. And before she would get in the bed, she would kneel down and begin to sit there and begin to worship and magnify God. And she always trembled. I mean, she could not pray in her tongues with her. Her chin was just quivering because she just went in the spirit and prayed and kneeled fully to God. And she would name all of our grandkids and she would just pray in other tongues. I fell asleep every night hearing Grandma Smith just going at it in the spirit. So if I was at my house, I woke up seeing my parents praying and going for it. And if I was over there, I don't know who babysitted who. My grandmother babysitted me or I babysitted grandma. But we were, we were a team. And, and so every night I went to bed, Grandma's praying in other tongues. So that's my heritage. So one day I'm in the back bedroom. I'm almost dead. I looked purple. I looked shade of gray. My mom came home from working at the church counseling, just a minister casting devils out of people, which she commonly did at the largest, fastest growing church in America, Calvary Sunday of God, where Charisma Magazine got started, where Benny Hinn started his ministry. Polly Harder was a pastor's wife, and they, they teamed up and did all these different Annie's laughing. And she goes, You're telling too many details. No one's going on. I just wanted you to know this little fact. It's good. My mom comes home. I'm, I'm back, barely breathing. She sees something that's got to happen quickly. She reaches in underneath me. She picks me up. She carries me into the dining room. It had to be 520. Because my brother, my father worked at the Postal Service. He would walk in the door at 520 every Monday through Friday. I'm laying on the table. My dad walks in and looks at my mom. Now, I just told you the kind of life they did. We didn't run to the hospital. Mm. If something went wrong, we first went to Jesus. Right. Yep. Every right. time. Every time. We acknowledge him in all of our ways. Right. Yes. Right. Right. What's wrong with Kevin? 
My mom said, well, we either have to have a miracle right now or we better get him in the car and rush him to the hospital. Got quiet. My mom and dad just backed up, backed up a couple of feet. And they said, either there's power in the blood of Jesus or there's not. Either there's power in the name of Jesus or there's not. But we know there is. We know there is. And they reached over. They put their hands on my body. They said, we command breath to come into Kevin's body right now in Jesus' name. I took the biggest breath into my lungs, lungs and I have never, ever had a, an attack of asthma since that day. In case you didn't know what just happened, I just activated. There's healing power in this room. There's deliverance in this room. There's the ability and the power to set people free and set you free. If you have anything, you need to be set free from. Just as I said what happened, that was my testimony. That was a demonstration for you to see as you were entering into my testimony. It wasn't just my testimony. It's God's testimony. And it has residual, continual, listen, it has residual, continual, anointing, activated ingredients to remove burdens and destroy yokes. My testimony, your testimony, has burden-removing, yoke-destroying, power of God, activated ingredients. Look, if you would, to Acts chapter 10. It's going to get deep in you tonight, all right? So we have a, not a story, there's an event. And we see here where Peter, uh, he was in Joppa, and he was sleeping, and he got, he got hungry, and he went to the top of the roof, and uh, while they were making food for him, and he sees this sheet coming down with all these different four-legged creatures. At the same time that's happening, there's a man named Cornelius in the 10th chapter of Acts. Cornelius is an Italian man. He had to like Italian food, I'm just saying. He was an Italian man, and the Bible records here, matter of fact, in, in verse 31, uh, chapter 10, it says that Cornelius was a prayer, and he gave alms to God. And it says, and God took notice. So, God, being the rewarder he is, mm-hmm. he noticed that Cornelius was a man after God's heart, and he was a worshiper, he was a praiser, mm-hmm. and he was a giver, and God said, that's it, i got to do something for him. Mm-hmm. So God sends an angel yeah. Yeah. and says, there's a man named Peter in Joppa, and you need to have him come to your house, for he has words for you, and it's going to radically change your life. So Cornelius gets a couple of his servants and sends those servants to Joppa. And when they get there, around this time while they're coming up, Peter has an experience on a rooftop. And he sees this sheep lowering down and all these four-legged creatures. And the Lord said, because he was hungry, he said, listen, I want you to eat now. And don't call food-wise what 
the people are calling unclean. Don't call unclean. It's acceptable to eat these creatures, these four legged creatures. Don't call unclean what I now call clean. And then what was the real revelation about it is, is now God is revealing for the first time, the Holy Spirit is now poured out, and it's for every man. Don't call the Gentiles unclean anymore. Don't call the Jews just clean now. The, the Holy Spirit is now given for the Jews, the Gentiles, the Greeks. The Holy Spirit is now poured out and is available for everyone. And that's why the Lord said to Peter, don't call unclean what I now call clean. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Right. So now Peter's having this open vision. He's having this experience with God. All of a sudden, knock, knock, knock. There's two of Cornelius's from Caesarea. There's two of Cornelius' men, servants, come and knocks on Peter's door and said, Hey, we're here from our master, Cornelius. Uh, is there a man named Peter? Peter said, Let go. That's me. The Lord told me you were coming, and I will go with you to your, your master's house. So he, the next morning, they load up a cart, and they go to Cornelius' house, and he walks into Cornelius' home, and Cornelius bows and gets on his knees before Peter. And Peter immediately said, no, 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 stand up on your feet. He goes, I'm just a man just like you. He said, there's only one man who's worthy of being honored and to be worshipped, and his name is Jesus. Now, here's what, here, are you ready? Are you ready to go somewhere? This is where it gets good now. This whole experience here, Peter's standing before Cornelius, and he wants them to know He's getting ready to testify. Matter of fact, in verse 42 it says, And he commanded us to preach and to the to the people and to testify. Do you see that? Yes. Verse 42, yes. and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. That's what Peter is doing in Cornelius' house. Now listen, he's not at church. This is really important. Right. Yes. He's not at church. Right. He's not in the synagogue. Right. He's not at the, you know, the the Amway Convention Center. <laughs> you know, we didn't call he's at some man's house. Yeah. Where you have coffee. Right, yeah. Right. And he walks in there and he's going to do what verse 42 says. The Lord sent me here to tell you something about what I saw. He wants me to preach to you and he wants me to testify to you yes. of what I saw. Hence, Acts 10 38. How God anointed yes. Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing yes. all those that were oppressed of the devil. Yes. So Peter starts testifying about yes. everything he saw in Jesus' yes. ministry. He yes. said, Man, it was amazing. Yeah. There were people who didn't have limbs. All of a sudden, a limb popped out. There were people who didn't have their hands being able to stretch out. I saw their hands stretch out. If they didn't have an arm, I saw an arm stretch out. Matter of fact, there were so many miracles, there weren't enough books that could contain all the miracles. I mean, Jesus said, if we believe in what he did, greater work shall I do because he's going away and he's sending back the Holy Ghost. He's not going to be just with us like you're with us. Now he's going to be in us, and that's why we can do all the works that you did on this yes. earth. And so Cornelius has just taken all this in, and he said he told us to teach and to testify. Now look what happens in, in verse 46. For they heard, uh, in verse 44, okay? It says, for while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Where they heard Glory. them speak with tongues and magnify God. Yep. So Peter, here's what I want you to get. Peter is just preaching or he's just sharing his testimony. Yes. He's just sharing his testimony. Yep. And it activates this same anointing as the day of Pentecost. Yes. Amen. Yes. 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 
Are you all saying something? Yes. We're talking about Titus yeah. in due season, due time. Yes. You'll manifest the word through preaching. Yes. Yes. You'll overcome in Revelation 12, chapter 12. You'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And what else? By the word of your testimony. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, listen, not that your faith would stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith would be in the power of God. How does that power get its trust put into it? You, you look at a couple of scriptures earlier and you say that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith is in the power of God, that your preaching and your teaching yes. is a demonstration and causes manifestation. Yes. So teaching and preaching and testifying causes manifestation. Why have we been hearing for 30 years about believing and speaking? Because it's your testimony. It's God's testimony. God's testimony is your testimony. Whether you're preaching the word or whether you're preaching about or testifying about what God did for you. That is activating power. Amen. Amen. Activating the anointing is when you share your testimony. Because God is on it. Yes. When I share my healing testimony, and really, I, you know, uh, the Seagulls, they've been in ministry for a good while now. They've been around some of the best ministers in the world. And one of the best ministers we have ever been. We were so honored and privileged to be with. We're so amazingly humbled that we can out of our mouths say we were in the same room with Brother Hagin. Right. But Brother Hagin had a testimony they call it the Rockwall Vision. Mm-hmm. Now here's where it's going to get real juicy. If, I, if no one else was in this room and it was just the four of us, we would have fun. I don't know if we talked about this with you guys. Did we have this talk at all about this? Can you remember anything? No. Okay. You're going to love this, man. This is where it gets really good. We connected some thoughts. I thought that healing anointing was activated out of obedience to tell it. Because you know, Brother Hagin said when he went to heaven, he stood in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord said, I called you up here. Well, he's in a prayer meeting, in a tent meeting. And he keeps away because there was a storm. The, the, the people didn't show up. There was a, a small group of people, kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Small group of people. And Brother Hagin gets up and goes, you know what? I don't need to preach a message tonight. You know, people will be here tomorrow. Let's just pray for the upcoming services. Mm-hmm. So they, he just gathers and orchestrates this organizes them all to start praying together for the meetings. Well, while they're praying, Brother Hagin hears this this voice come to him that says, come up hither. Come up hither. Come up hither. Come up to the throne of God. Well, it was so real to him, he looked at the, he thought somebody literally was up like on a hill next to the tent. And he thought someone was up there trying to mess with him and kind of, you know, joked about them having a prayer meeting, and someone was up there going, come up hither, you know, being, trying to make fun. And Brother Hagin heard again, come up hither, come up hither, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. Well, finally, he looked up and where the tent normally was, he looked up and he saw Jesus standing there. And he said, when he saw Jesus, Jesus said, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. And when he said that, Brother Hagin said, his spirit man left his body and he went to meet Jesus. And Jesus and Brother Hagin went and talked in heaven. And so Jesus is standing before Brother Hagin. And Jesus said, stick out your hands. He said, now I called you and I've anointed you 
to minister to the sick. And I'm giving you a special healing anointing. And then he said, Jesus put the finger of his right hand in the palm of both of his hands. And he said, when he did, his hand began to burn. And Brother Hagin, when he would share his testimony, he would rub his hands on his leg. Now, a lot of people didn't know this, but Andy and I found this out to be later, that there was times when he would share his testimony and his fingers would start dripping with oil. But the, the biggest sign, because Jesus said that I'm giving you anointing to minister to the sick. And I want you to lay hands on people and their bodies. And he said, now, I didn't give this anointing. He said, not in, it's not in your head. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. He goes, you don't lay your head, hand, head on anyone. You lay your hands on them. And he goes, now, you're, for this anointing, here's where I want you to see. He said, this anointing will only work. If you tell the people that I, I called you, yeah. tell the people that I put a finger of my right hand in the palm of both of your hands, yeah. tell the people that I called you, I've anointed you, and if they'll believe that that anointing yeah. that I've given you when hands are laid upon them, if they'll believe that, there'll be that sickness and disease and that yeah. Yeah. ailment will, be, will drive it out of their body. Yeah. Well, for years we heard that. And I had no other reason but to believe that the reason why it worked is Brother Hagin's obedience. Because Brother Hagin, Brother, Brother Hagin said, the Lord said, it won't work unless I'm telling you, you have to tell, you have to testify. Tell them what happened. If you don't tell it, well, it's like, okay, Brother Hagin was obedient to tell it. He, almost, he backed off, not wanting to tell it, but then he stayed with telling it because he knew his hands would burn. When he told him, yeah. The one that's telling him to do that is the head of the church. It's the same one that in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, said this. It seems a little strange and interesting that the head of the church, God himself on the earth, Jesus, would have to announce to the people he's anointed. But he did. So the one who knows how to activate anointing more than anyone, who told Brother Hagin this anointing won't work unless you tell it, he's the one that got up there. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering his sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, these people, from reading their earlier Old Testament, they knew what the anointing does. Right. Right. So that when Jesus got up and said, Hey, I'm anointed. And here's what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. Jesus had to announce and he had to testify and say it out of his mouth. This is who I am. This is what you can expect. This is what I'm doing. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Jesus, the head of the church, is basically telling Brother Aiden, listen, I know how this works. You're going to have to tell me. And it wasn't, I'm totally convinced of it, and we're going to go a little further now. It wasn't just the obedience factor that activated the anointing. It was that yes. Jesus knew for that anointing to be released and activated, he had to say something. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. And that activates it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
I have a friend named Richard. We got a, we got a little time here? Yes. I'm going to drive this in you. You're going to have this in you so strong. I have a friend named Richard. He's a, really, he's a revivalist. He loves to do two and three week meetings. That's what he does most of the time. He's a Raymond graduate. He's very close to Rodney Howard Brown. And here's why. Raymond graduate. He's preaching. He's preaching on the bigness of God. Nothing's too big for God. Preaching faith. Most of us faith preachers. I'm guilty. But he was not seeing hardly any manifestations. And God didn't seem to be confirming what he was preaching. And he was tormented. Not seeing miracles. He, he was bothered by it. His family had come in a NASCAR, and, they, and Richard said, "You know what? If God, God, he said, God, if you don't start doing something in, in my meetings, I'm preaching the best way I can. If you don't start confirming your word, because I'm, I'm getting out of ministry, I'm going to go back into NASCAR." And he, again, he got hungry. He got desperate. To want to not just know about God, but to firsthand experience it. And he said, out of being desperate, he called out to God and said, God, I'll do anything you tell me to do. All you got to do is tell me to do something, and I'll do it if it will cause miracles to start happening in my ministry. I'm going to back out of this part for a second. I was, he's my golfing buddy. We went to a golf course, Andy met him at a special meeting and said, you would like being around my, my husband because he's a golfer and you're a golfer and they were talking golf a little bit. So we got together and we're at this golf club. We said, well, why don't we meet and have a burger before we go out to play? We're sitting at a table and I said, Richard, now Richard has been known to have like major citywide breakout revival, one up in New England, Tom Keith's church, where front page of the newspaper this meeting where they had fire, Holy Ghost, and Pentecostal revival, and it made the it made headline news, and it went several weeks. It was, it's still known up there to this day about that revival, and that happened after this. I'm at the golf course with Richard. I said, Richard, again, us ministers, we like to talk shop. We like to talk about how did that happen? What were you doing before that happened? What did you say that activated that? And were you praying differently? Were you seeking the Lord differently? We talk about these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, Richard, can you tell me, when did that outpouring start happening in your ministry? I said, uh, I heard about it. Could you, could you share your testimony with me? He goes, no. He goes, if, if I do, we'll be under this table. Wow. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I don't know if you knew what I meant by under the table. <laughs> let, let me give you, that was code. Now, these guys know what I'm talking about, under the table. What that means is, I'm going to share my testimony with you. Right. It's so powerful. It's so real. When I do, the Holy Ghost is going to begin to manifest on me. It's going to get off of me, and it's going to get on you. You're going to get slapped, drunk, happy. You're going to fall off of this chair in this booth. You're going to meet me at the bottom because we're both going to be so drunk. We're going to see each other underneath, and they're going to have to run us out of here. <laughs> That's what he meant when he said... No, I can't tell you my testimony because of what's going to happen if I do. I thought, man, you guys, you appreciate this. I wanted to say, dude, do you know who I am? Do you know who I try? I don't mean that. Probably. But do you know who I've been with? 
think I could handle you just telling me your testimony without me being on the floor. Uh -huh. Well, we get done playing golf. He gets a text. Bing, oh, it's Brother Rodney Howard Brown. He goes, hey, I've got to be on the pulpit Sunday night. Can you fill in for me? And so Richard goes, hey, Kevin, if you're interested in me uh, seeing my ministry, because we're kind of getting to know each other. He goes, I'm preaching for Rodney Sunday night. He goes, I might be sharing my testimony. He said, if you want to see what's going on, you know, log on. A lot of live streaming is going on. You know? And so I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I get home Sunday night. I get out my iPad, like that, little mini iPad. I just finished dinner, cleaned the kitchen, turned the lights down. I got, I'm sitting at the kitchen table. My iPad sitting right there. And here comes Richard out there at the River Church preaching for Brother Rodney. He started preaching. He's preaching on being filled and, and uh, the power of God and, and uh, you know, getting filled up again and the things that the Holy Spirit will do for you. I think, well, that's good. Yeah, I know these things. That's good. I thought, you know, something, something I'd say. Yeah. Most of my friends would preach something along that line. Way to go, Richard. That's really good. And he goes, I'm going to share my testimony with you. So he goes, you know what? I was desperate for God. He said, I got really hungry. He said, I was preaching on nothing's too big for God and didn't see any miracles. He goes, I got so desperate. got so frustrated. I cried out to God and said, God, if I don't see miracles, if you don't start doing something in my ministry, I, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of the ministry. And he said, uh, I said, Lord, what can I do? He said this. He said, the Lord told him, Every time you get out of one of your services, you find a way to get into one of Rodney, Rodney Howard Brown's services in the peak of his revival. Just get into his service. Well, he did that for a week. He did that for two weeks. Nothing changed. Did that for three weeks. Did that for four weeks. Did that for five weeks. I can't remember. Do you remember how many like weeks? Six months or something. It was like six months. Every time he got. Now, listen, most preachers, when they get down from a trip, these guys just got back from a trip. You kind of want to go stare at the wall a little bit. Yeah, you know, just enjoy your own house and drink a Diet Coke and just stare off and then, you know, just bring your tongue, re refresh yourself. You know, you're not ready to go get into another meeting. And he goes, But I got in my car, I got on the plane, I got out of my meetings, I went, and I did it for almost six months. He goes, We were in Daytona, Florida, and Brother Rodney and I were standing on the beach just looking at the ocean, like a couple hours before the service. We're looking at the ocean, and Brother Rodney goes, well, it's time for me to go upstairs and get ready for the service tonight. So he leaves, Richard's standing there, and he leaves, goes in the hotel, goes up to his room, and when Brother Rodney goes out to the window of his hotel room, he looks down there and he sees Brother Richard still standing there. And the Holy Spirit spoke up, and Brother Rodney goes, go back down there and tell Brother Richard he's passed the test. So Brother Rodney gets out of his room, he's on the elevator, walks on the beach, he walks up behind him, and he taps Richard on the, on the back like this three times. You've passed the test. And Richard said something went into him that moment. So he's explaining this to the church. He grabs an usher, it's like Brother Jessica over here. He said, Usher, come up, come up, you don't have to come up. <laughs> Because it's not my testimony, so the same thing will happen. So just visualize this. So he, he brings an usher up, and he goes, Brother Rodney walked up behind me, and he taps me on the shoulder three times. Tap, tap, tap. You passed the test. And when he did, I'm watching on my iPad. This usher spun around under the 
power of God and fell out. He goes, Richard goes, I mean another Russian. He goes, yeah, yeah, you'll do. Like we're dancing. Goes to the other side, goes, yeah, would you come up here a second? He goes, here's what Brother Rodney did. He walked up behind me and he, he did he did and when he, he said this, he walked up back to that usher, he tapped him three times, tap, tap, tap. And, and he said, You passed the test. And when he said you passed the test, the power of God hit that usher. He spun around, he was like, he was like, no, and then he fell out on his face. He goes, I need another usher. He starts going through ushers. I'm sitting there watching this. I'm going, I've never seen anything like this. Every usher he went through the room, boom, fell out of the stairs, fell out of the aisle. And I'm going, and the power of my, never said before, the power shut off of my iPad. I'm in the dark. Power of my iPad went out. And all I thought was, I might have been under that table. <laughs> that day I asked him to tell I might have been under that table. He just shares, Brother Roddy says, he's never finished his testimony yet. Every time he tells it, that happens. You know, we were in a meeting at Keith Moore's. Uh, we did a three hour TVN table. Richard Roberts was there, Dodie Osteen, that's Bill Osteen's mother who got healed from cancer. Everybody that was invited to this meeting all had healing onings in their ministry. We were invited, Ray G. Wilson, singer, was, was, was invited, and uh, a guy that I couldn't hardly believe was invited, and that was Dino Carsonatis. He's a, a piano player, his businessman. His business card says, showman on it. <laughs> now, when I think showman, I don't usually think anointing. Right. You're a showman. Mm -hmm. But he, he has been in the church playing gospel music like a Liberace kind of. I don't know if yeah. that's too old, but some of you might know a Liberace piano player. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking to myself, of all the people, why was Dino Carsonatis invited by the, the Moors mm -hmm. when we're having such an amazing healing anointing moment? I was trying to figure this out. So Brother Keith, at some point in service, I mean, some amazing things. Words of knowledge, gifts of healings, people got healed, all good testimonies. It was an amazing, orchestrated, very beautifully timed out service. TVN's there taken, and then Keith gets up and goes, I've got a friend here I want you to introduce. Most of you from Branson, Missouri, you know who this is. I want to invite to the platform, Dino Carsonatis. Well, Brother Dino gets up. He goes, um, before I play a song, because I want to tell you, I used to play piano for Captain Coleman. Now, some of you all went, ooh, ah, because you know who Captain Coleman was. Yeah. One of the most dynamic, powerful <coughs> woman ministers in our time. Mm -hmm. He said, I used to play piano for Captain Coleman, and she had a favorite song, and I want to play it for you now. He puts the mic down, goes to the piano, rolls out the first chord to He Touched Me. I'm sitting next to Annie. Now, Annie has an extraordinary healing line, tangible to the touch. She used to operate from a healing anointing because of all the years with Brother Hagen and all the years Brother Hagen laid hands on her hands. Yeah. And that same anointing that was on him got transferred to her. Mm -hmm. And then she had a similar experience where she, we were in a hotel room with David Ellis. Some of y'all know who David Ellis is and uh, Mark Percy in Tulsa. We were there praying and Annie started to leave her body. She started to go up and long story short, instead of the, the heat, heat in her hands, which happened, uh, a new anointing came. Mm -hmm. And this this anointing was like electrical instead of heat. Mm -hmm. And it went all the way up and down her, her hands and arm. 
she said, I felt like if I, at this moment, if I went like this with the arm, it would be like one of those Star Wars sabers. She said, if I did that, she goes, and she said, it was the most painful thing she ever has experienced. And, and the reason why is she went up and she got scared and she came back into the flesh and God had to deliver to her in her flesh instead of, and the Lord said, it would have been easier on you in your flesh if you would have come up and you would have received it in the spirit. But because you wouldn't come up, you had to receive it in your flesh. My, my, my hands are just <laughs> trembling right now. I just wanted you to see tonight that spiritual things and the anointing, these are God things, and these things that make up testimonies, they can be reactivated the moment you share it. Yes. Now, can I tell you about a counterfeit real quick? Yeah. There's a counterfeit to this. And that counterfeit is you testifying and sharing your old man to people oh. and your old hurts and failures of your past. Right. The bondage, the burdens, the yoke is recreated, mm -hmm. reactivated. Have you ever known yourself to be sharing a hurt with somebody of something that somebody did you wrong and as you share it, all of a sudden you feel the angst and all the emotion, all the stuff. See, you activated the burden. Wow. Come on. Wow. Wow. See, these are real spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah. We could go on and on telling you testimonies, but I'll tell you what, we connected some dots. Amen. Tonight, did you connect some dots? Yes, sir. We have in Titus, we have in Revelation. Right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Right. Cornelius South, chapter 10. I just shared about five different testimonies of people just sharing their testimony and activating the anointing. Yes. Amen. My brother Richard, yes. we've been on a trip together. I said, you know, there's part of your testimony I just did. I'm not clear on. Could you, could you tell me again? And I do it just to get this right. You start up manifesting. And we act like two high school, giddy, stupid, silly girls. The, the Holy Ghost will just fall and where we're I've had him do it on the phone. I've done it on the phone then. I said, Richard, I said, now you were standing there in Daytona. Didn't you say this to me? Could you tell me that one part? And he'll start telling it, and the Holy Ghost will fall on the phone. He'll hit him. He'll hit me. And we just act drunk for about the next 10, 15 minutes. It's because your anointing has continual, residual, your testimony. Your testimony has continual anointing activated ingredients on it. That's why the scripture at the beginning of the service, I said, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed? Yes. Are you healed? Yes. Are you filled? Yes. Are you saved? Yes. Are you delivered? Yes. Are you on the victory side? Yes. 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 I tell you, don't yield yourself to rehearsing the counterfeit. No. Right. Amen. Right. Brother Jason, your prosthetic vato seen Cambra will never be Kerabose. For now it's the new beginning of the prosthetic vato. You'll come into the full of the prosthetic vato because you have come to the rastada rosote. You come to the prosthetic vato and now because of the prosthetic vato, you'll come and take your place. Never again. Never again will you feel like you come behind in anything because you caught it 
revelation tonight when the eyes of your understanding, what the Bible says, are open, mm -hmm. and you'll never come behind again. Mm -hmm. That past is completely gone. Whatever it was, is completely gone, and now you'll be able to activate all that God's done for you. Mm -hmm. It's just going to propel you forward, and it's going to reach out to people, and other people are going to get set free from your testimony. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the hand of the Lord is coming on people in a greater measure, in a yeah. greater way, where the Lord, his eyes are running to and fro, looking who he may show himself strong through. And you, Prestate Vita, will come into the greater Prostora Vita, for there is a much more Prestate Vita, for the hand of the Lord is coming upon you in the Bastola Vita. If will Prostora Vita, get the Prostate Vita, give yourself the Prostate and you'll begin to see the Vita. Yeah, the hand of the Lord is coming upon you. And it doesn't have to be uh, a thing that is uh, uh, just in front of people. But the strength that's on the inside of you, the supply of the spirit that he wants to activate on the inside of you, will then manifest around you. It's not that it has to be seen of men, although it may be and can be and should be in the future. But as you are right now, activating that anointing right now where you are, the power of God will come out of you and flow out of you. And that supply of the Spirit will add a strength to where you are. Don't be anxious. Don't be concerned. Don't be in a hurry. But activate the power now in you. And the force that flows out of you will make a way for you. Let's just lift our hands for just a moment. Just honor him for his presence, for his power, for all that he's given unto us. The equipping, the provision of the anointing, the assistance, the grace that's upon us and flowing through us when we, when we didn't realize how much of him we've walked in. Oh, thank you, Lord.
that you weren't able to do before. Or when the hand of the Lord comes, there's an empowerment, there's an ability, and there's a grace to move. And to operate. But there's some plans and there's some ways that have not been clearly seen up until now. But now, after this night, there's some revealing. Because it's time for some knowing. It's time. It's time. And, and you know him. So, and prostorapata, and much more clarity will come and then it will be an enablement to Kobrasiki. And you'll step up into just like you step into the Brosheleta, you'll walk right into the Brosheleta. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Trust it. You guys got that, or you want it interpreted? Are you clear? I figured you were. Raymond, India. Mm -hmm. 
we were getting ready to have an international flight coming back home the next day, and about 4.30 in the morning, which I'm, I'm given to dreams, and this was another dream, and it was at 4.30 in the morning. And uh, the Lord said, made it very clear, it was like I was just shaking under the power of God, and there's no doubt in my mind it was clear, because I had never even, even really ever heard the phrase, a new anointing for a new harvest. I had to think about it, a new anointing for a new I don't think I've ever ever heard that in my life. A new anointing for a new harvest. I've heard, you know, the phrase, fresh oil, fresh oil. I've never heard a new anointing for a new harvest. And uh, the Lord said, I'm going to send you places, and you want to only do this where I tell you to. To lay hands on people. And he said, you'll have to lay hands on people. And believe me, I've been in some big rooms where I wanted to just shout out, be blessed, <laughs> receive a new anointing because it takes a lot of time. And the Lord said, no. He said, you have to lay hands on people for this anointing. You know, uh, right before Brother Oral Roberts left to go home and get the Lord, he had a lot of ministers come to his home. And he was just putting into all these ministers right before he went to heaven. And he said, first of all, he goes, no one knows how soon Jesus is returning. You know, Brother Hagin said to do everything with eternity in mind. Mm -hmm, yeah. We need to be more mindful of eternity. Mm -hmm, yes. And that everything we're doing now on this earth, he's coming soon. Yes. But then he said that two ministers, like our pastor at the time, Pastor Shabbat and Fred Price together went to his brother Oral Roberts' house. And Brother Oral said, you pastors need to lay your hands on people more for blessing. Not just for healing. I mean, Brother Oral Robert was one of the greatest known healing evangelists known in our times. But he goes, I'm not talking about just for healing. We, we know scripturally that's important to do that. He said, I'm talking about, he said, pastors need to have, they need to lay hands on the sheep. He goes, sheep need to have their pastors or the shepherd's hand on them. Mm -hmm. And I've actually, you know, Tim Stallman up there in Jamestown. There was one time I finally asked him, I said, man, every time you've been here, it seemed like you had significant, significant increase and you're now painting the parking lot and you <laughs> built this building, bigger building. You know, I watched all that. I said, what did you do differently? Because well, I remember what Pastor uh, Scott said that Brother Oral said to him was, Pat, you know, you need to lay hands. And he said this first. He goes, first of all, he goes, I got hungry. Yeah. He goes, I got hungry. He said, and then I started laying my hands on the people more. Mm -hmm. He said, that's all I can tell you. I did it differently. I'm preaching. Yeah. He goes, I got hungry. I started laying hands. The Lord said to me in this uh, dream, spiritual dream, he says, lay hands on people for a new anointing, for a new harvest. And uh, we were up in Michigan, and after being at this service, this pastor wrote me a letter. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say that this is going to happen to everybody in this room. But the same anointing will be ministered to you. So this is what this pastor said, and I'm not going to read all of it, but it said, it's been 83 days since you've been here with us on the 16th under the direction of the Holy Spirit. He said, uh, new anointings for a new harvest, and it won't take long. They'll come quickly. We rejoice as our minds went to what it usually goes to when we hear about harvest money. However, there is a flow of new anointings that are different than what we expected. I didn't even realize until uh, didn't even realize that's what is happening until the Holy Spirit pointed it out. I'm not even really sure how to explain it without writing you an email that you would need a day off after reading it. I guess the best way to say the flow of revelation, wisdom, correction, humility, mm -hmm. healing, forgiveness, courage, and divine order has been awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Now the money is starting to come too. I could share details for a long time, but I'll just say God was faithful to bring you here that night and to use you to part words of power for us to receive and to run with. On a personal level, I've never enjoyed a closer relationship with God or experienced more freedom, joy, peace, and fun in my life. My marriage has never been this great. My kids are at a level they've never been before. Our family has, as a whole has never is better than it's ever been. None of these things were terrible, but avoiding terrible isn't much of an achievement with God. <laughs> guys, it's a new beginning for you guys. And you know, the word of the Lord that came to you the other night, there's some very specific things. And it's exactly what he meant. you got to stay vigilant. And you know too much to let your mouths not agree with him. You don't want the counterfeit to take place. All right. You guys know how to do life with him, with just what you have now, but you're growing it. But expect things to begin to change. You have to turn the channel. It's not like it was. See increase coming. You're going to have what you need. You're going to have what you want. But it is going to come with a price. Because you're going to have to fight off the, the wrong thinkings and the wrong habits of the, what you have known and what you have seen in the past. But if you'll be diligent, as a prophet in this meeting, I'm telling you, we'll see you in a few years, and we will laugh about these days. About where you were and what God has done. Do you believe that? Yes. I do. Well, we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to see what you and everybody that wants hands laid on you. But this pastor said, Jesus provided an extraordinary life for us to live. The last two series I've ministered have been at a new level. The church is growing and people are getting intentional about living a life pleasing to God. The list goes on and on. God is faithful to bring you all here that night. So, by the direction of the head of the church, and it's my testimony, and we're activating tonight, we're going to lay hands. And what, what if I ask Pastor... Uh, Amy and, and uh, Reverend uh, Joel is to minister with Annie and I and ministering to you. One is the blessing. Now, I don't know what all this guy could put into you. I need him to take a half an hour to explain that. But I know there's a blessing of a pastor yes. uh, that you need to receive. Now, I'm going to be ministering a new anointing for a new harvest to you. Now, Andy has one of the strongest anointings I know. So, man, we're... we're Tell you what, we're gonna tell you what, go ahead and come up here, guys. And uh, I know there's different people that call this differently, but uh, some people call call it a, a fire tunnel or whatever. But I'll tell you what, you just stand up next to me, Annie, next to me and the two of you facing here. But what we want you to do is just line up over here if you want hands laid on you. Just go to this side and then just one by one, just come by and just walk by us. And we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time. Now, now, if there's a word from the Lord for anyone or something, anybody gets it. But these guys are going to be ministering to you things that they're carrying. Uh, I just told you what I'm ministering. And if you need anybody need healing in your body tonight, I'm just, just here. Anybody? Things in your body? You? Uh, sis, I know you're kind of being challenged by some things, but we're going we're gonna to minister to you. The life of God is here for you. 
vicinity there if we go to the oh, and come up. So back there, go to all, all the way. I mean, just go around with people. You want to just do that? Yeah. It'd be better. It'd be better. All right. And then we're going to just go down there. Yeah. If we get a little space between the rows, yeah. so there's a little <laughs> And you can, you can stay seated, that's fine. <clears throat> but uh, are you excited tonight? Yes. Do you, do you have an anticipation of God doing something new? Yes. You know, uh, Mark 4 says, whatever, what measure you meet the word, it will be measured back to you. Luke said, how you hear the word will be the determining factor of how it's ministered to you. If you believe with what you've heard, raise your hand if you believe what you've heard tonight, uh, then there will be an impartation. There will be an anointing. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, Glory to we thank you for... Yes. Diversities of operations. Yes. We thank you for offices. We thank you thank for you, anointing, special yes. anointings. Yes. Thank you for the healing anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank for impartations, for the blessing yes. of the Lord, for a new anointing, for a new harvest. We thank you for the healing power thank you, Lord. of yes. your presence, your, your yes. anointing yes. 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 flowing through us. Thank you, Lord. So, Father God, we yield ourselves to you. We, we yes. do this in your name. Yes. We do this in obedience to your assignment. You, and it's what you told us to do. So, Father, we just minister to you now. Jesus. In Jesus' name, everything is needed now. In Jesus' name. For the full potential, a new anointing. For a new harvest. In Jesus' name. New anointing. For a new harvest. Oh, yeah. Bright future for you. Bright future. In everything you desire, we'll come to pass.
house. He will give you the desires of your heart if you give him all of your heart and serve him in all of your ways. And there's a new anointing for a new harvest in every area. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Say Thank you for the gifts and callings. Thank you, Lord, for preparing for, for the cause of to rise up and take his place without hindrance, without the distraction, without the, the problems of, of things that the enemy would try to do. We take authority over that in the name of Jesus, as we already have done. And I, I declare once again, you're free, you're free indeed. And your mind is free, your heart is open, and you're able to receive. Thank you, Lord, for a new anointing, for a new heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.